Hello, Grand Forks, and welcome back to Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema, live from Grand Forks' best source. How is Grand Forks doing? You staying weird? Well, that's a good thing. So, but tonight we're going to be doing the movie Donnie Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko, when you said this was a movie you wanted to cover for this week, I got super excited because this movie left a huge impact on me. I'm excited to talk all about it, but... Before we get going there, we got a couple sponsors to give some shout-outs for. First up, we got the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill, where we want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. You can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant the Shire or take your meal to go inside the movie you'll be attending. This week's featured attractions are Megan, The Old Way, Babylon, and Avatar, The Way of Water. And you can find the complete listings of movies and showtimes on their website at rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday is $5 movie, movies all day long and the $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesday and Thursdays. Now, the River Cinema 15 also operates and owns the Grand Theater in Crookston, and you can find their complete listings of movies and showtimes on morefamilytheaters.com. So make sure to check them out, River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. Also here, we want to make sure to give a shout-out to our uh, quick for a live event we'll be covering this Saturday uh, tomorrow in Reynolds. Uh, It's going to be the annual Buzz Vintage Snowmobile Show. It's going to be going on kind of like almost an all-day event. Uh, It'll start off at 9 a.m., kicking off in Reynolds. If people saw our previous coverage from the previous years, it's a pretty cool deal. Uh, The Valley Valley, uh, Drift Riders there, they'll be uh, driving from Reynolds to Thompson there. And last year, we kind of did this cool thing where we drove alongside them and did a couple shots with them in action, did a little commentary. And then also we'll be there covering the various judging competitions like Loudest Pipe and various uh, contests for the snowmobiles by the era of 70 to 75, 76 to 80. They have snowmobiles from all eras. We'll be there covering the competition all day long. This Saturday, tomorrow, January 14th, make sure to check out our coverage for it. And if you can make it down there, uh, the Beehive in Reynolds there, we'll, we'll be there all day long. So check it out. Second annual, or not second annual, the annual Buzz Runs Vintage Snowmobile Show in Reynolds, Saturday, tomorrow. All right, Icky, so what made you decide to uh, uh, cover Donnie Darko? What was your impetus for this one? Uh, basically, you know, if people have... People have emotional problems. This is kind of the movie for them. Yeah, I mean... It's all about neurosis, basically. And and a little bit of time travel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this movie has a little bit of everything. I mean, this was Jake Gyllenhaal's big breakout film. Uh, I guess you could say, uh, was it October Sky? He was in that one, right? I believe. I think that was another big one of his. I'm not sure. From a couple years before that. But this one really launched him into superstardom. this this movie ended up having a big cult following, and, and Frank the Bunny became yeah. kind of a synonymous figure too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a troubled teen. It takes place. This movie originally came out in two thousand one, and this 
I, it I takes said, place in the 80s, like or, uh, Excuse me. Yeah, it, it takes place in uh, fall of 88. Uh, it came out in 2001. Yes. So, uh, and that was a big year for me. I just graduated high school that year. So I was like, kind of like at that coming of age, impressionable teenage years for myself. And so this movie had a huge impact on me on that time there. And, and like you said, uh, t- speak of mental health issues, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Donnie Darko, the self-titled character. They say he's schizophrenic in the film. They, they, they have him on medication in the movie, and he's talking to a therapist throughout. But then all these weird things start happen- happening that have to purvey around a book called The Philosophy of Time Travel. Yeah, I think we should get there in a little bit, maybe just a little bit more to set up. What did you think of how they kind of established Donnie Darko, uh, Hall's character in the beginning? They show him kind of uh, taking me- uh, his medication, that, which causes him to frequently sleepwalk and pass out at random parts of town. Yeah, like the the uh, the uh, um, golf course. Yeah, the golf course, or just like on a random residential road in the middle of the street. Yeah. Just lucky he doesn't get run over. Um and they have a really interesting set establishing scene with this family for your traditional, stereotypical, chaotic family dinner. Well, it's kind of funny because you, you see his mom sitting outside when he's walking in the door from sleepwalking. She's reading the book It. Yeah. Yeah. As I, I really, really like uh, the, the, mom, the mom in here. She is very, very well played uh, by Mary, unlike, Ma- Mary McDonald. Not unlike that... Uh, that uh, uh, Gym coach girl who's like super religious uptight, and yeah. uptight. And yeah, yeah. Uh, R- Rose Darko, the mom. She, uh, yeah, played by Mary McDonald. She, she's, she walks that fine line of being being very ambivalent. You can't really get a, a true read on her. There's parts of you where you think she's going to snap on her son, and other parts where she seems compelling and understanding of of his son. I think she has like. The standout quote of the movie where Donnie Darko says, how does it feel to have a wacko for a son? And she's, Do you remember what she said? I don't remember. It feels wonderful. <laughs> just, just the way the delivery, the tone, the inflection, I absolutely loved it. It's my favorite, favorite exchange of the whole, whole movie. So uh, another interesting note, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's in here too. So they got the real-life brother-sister combo playing uh, actual brothers and sisters on screen. Huh? That's a pr- and, of course, they nailed it naturally. I liked uh, Patrick Swayze's role in this movie. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, As the, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, self-help guru or whatever. Yeah, the motivational speaker between are you walking the path of fear or love, right? Yes. So I guess, yeah, before we get there, they, there's – a big tragic, not tragic, or like accident in the early on stages in the movie, right? Well, there's there's a, a jet engine crashes through Donnie's room, and they can't figure out where it came from yeah. because there was no jets flying over at that point in time. Yeah, that's, yeah. to reemphasize, yeah, an uh, actual jet engine fell from the sky, and if Donnie was in his room, it would have killed him. And, well, he's sleepwalking when this happens, and there's a giant evil-looking bunny rabbit and says, like, 22 days or something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers, and that is when the world will end. Yeah, there's these constant reminders throughout every couple of scenes where there's uh, every couple of transitions there, counting down the end of the world, right? And then he meets a girl who he falls in love with. Yeah, there's a new girl in town. She... Her her her, her uh, father was abusive to her mother and her and but that we'll talk more about that in a little while here. Yeah, it's there's a huge cast of characters, so uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, Donnie has this 
escapes death by sheer luck of sleepwalking. And uh, so he's kind of like the talk of school. And I thought they have this great establishing shot of school where it's, uh, there doesn't really seem to be, you see other movies like The Wedding Singer and like the last Wonder Woman movie where they really lean hard into that 80s nostalgia. Well, they're playing that song Time Flies and they're walking down the halls and showing everyone going and people, you know, this one guy's doing drugs and the other guy's like beating someone up. And yeah, I was going to say, the, the only part where I really picked up on that in this movie where they really kind of lean in that 80s nostalgia is just with the soundtrack and with that opening shot of the school where they introduce everyone with the, the soundtrack really popping in. Well, here's the thing, you know, Tears for Fears, they made a song called Mad World. That's and Gary Jules I have no, did that. Uh, Gary Jewell remade it. Remade, but but it was, that, that's the track they used for this movie. Yeah. Yes. It's like the sound, the, the, the main theme. The almost. main theme to yeah. the movie. And it, just, a fantastic theme, too. He absolutely nailed it, that, that cover. Uh, and, but Tears for Fear is also in the soundtrack with Head Over Heels. Uh, what did you think of the soundtrack? I absolutely love the soundtrack for I this movie. I love the soundtrack, but when I, I bought it, personally, it was just the uh, synthesized music. It was Oh, just the score? Just the score okay. when I bought it. Oh, yeah, the score is good, too. But like that, the, the licensed soundtrack is good, too. I mean, you have uh, Duran Duran with Notorious, In Excess with Never Tears Apart, and some Oingo Boingo in there with Stay also. They got a loaded soundtrack in this movie. I wish I could have found it, you know, eventually, but I wasn't able to. You'll have to hit up that eBay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I thought it, they don't really lean hard into, like, the clothing styles and or, like, just, like, kind of, like, backdrops and stores, no, like, hard... Uh, uh, product placement or anything like that, it seems. I mean, there's a lot of movie references, it seems like, though. I like the part uh, when he's talk when uh, Gretchen, his girlfriend, is talking to him, and she says that her, her, her father has emotional problems, and Donnie goes, oh, I have those too. What kind does he have? Yeah, they, they had a real big uh, kind of connecting scene where, hey, let's... Of, of all things to connect on, let's talk about our emotional uh, 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 things that get us hung up, and that's how they connect and form a relationship. That was a pretty interesting dynamic, huh? There was, there, one of the things that I really liked was when he's talking to a science teacher, he goes, do you believe in time travel? Yeah, then, you know, the time tra- uh, the, that science teacher is uh, played by Noah Wilde. Uh, a lot of people remember him. It was one of the main doctors on ER. Well, over the years, and yeah, he's uh, they have some very interesting exchanges. He handed him the book uh, Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking, actually, and that's actually a real book. It's a really good book, too. You read that one? Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah, it, so yeah, that's another big 80s reference, that book. And then they kind of, yeah, they reference Evil Dead, Back to the Future, Married with Children, Smurfs. Uh, Donnie Darko has a nice monologue about Smurfs, huh? Yes, yes, <laughs> I love the Smurfs. Yeah, I, I, I like, like I like the part with uh, as you can see the scene in behind us is the scene when they're in a the movie theater. I like that part. You know, you ever seen a portal before? Yeah. So yeah, they- because there's a book out called the the philosophy of time travel, and it talks all about these things that come out of your chest and like show you where to go and things like that. But Frank is actually dead. He's what's called the manipulated dead. So yeah, they have some. Real in-depth talks about time travel in here with his uh, with Donnie, science teacher played by Noah Wiles, and yeah, what? How do you think how they get? Do they get too far into it? Because t- covering time travel movies is such a fine line they got to cover, so they don't get too much into the nuts and bolts. So you know, make sure it appeals to that to the mainstream audience. Or did did you think they walked it just right? I like I like what a science teacher says because Donnie starts talking about fate and God and stuff like that, and his teacher goes, "I can't continue this conversation," which is even and he goes, "Why?" and he this. 
teacher goes, I could get fired. Yeah. Which is interesting, too, because I believe they're at a private, like a, a Catholic school, I believe, right? I think so, because, because uh, Roberta Sparrow, who wrote uh, The Philosophy of Time Travel, was a nun in the movie. Yeah, in the, in the, in the movie, that's who wrote the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Roberta Sparrow, they call her Grandma, Grandma Death. Death. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's kind of constantly, she's like a recluse, constantly wandering back and forth on the road. Ch- and- checking her mail. And they kind of break. I do that. <laughs> hey, we all do that. We all, we're all look, awaiting well, I, our packages, right? I, I check my mail like four times a day, so. And she has an interesting backstory. You find out later on she was like a big-time teacher at the school, right? And uh, I believe that's what uh, Donnie Darko's science teacher uh, elaborates on later in the, in the film. Well, you know, I, before we talk more about time travel, Donnie actually is forced to do things by Frank. Like he burns down a guy's house. He floods his school. Yeah, he hallucinates a lot, and you know, like as we're counting down the end of the world, and I guess we should kind of touch more on this is where a lot of the big supporting cast comes in. There's such a big cast in here, uh, like we mentioned, Patrick Swayze, the motivational speaker, who played who played the uh, the the gym teacher, uh, zealot teacher, the gym teacher, zealot teacher. Well, I did also get in here. Also, there was Drew Barrymore plays one of the teachers. Oh yeah, cellar door, yeah. Yep, cellar door. She's like the uh, was it the English teacher or yeah. like lit teacher? They're they're reading a book called The Destructors, and it's they think that's what made the person who flooded the school flood the school, but it wasn't. It was Frank. Yeah, so such a huge cast, and then there's even a very very young Seth Rogen in here playing like like I guess as for lack of a better term, bully number two, like the co the co bully to the main bully. Yeah. So. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen this movie, I completely forgot Seth Rogen was in this. So, I mean, he's, he only has, like, so many lines. He's not, like, a big, big role, but it just goes to show you the scope of the, the wide range of actors that are in this movie. I actually I looked up something on the Internet about the uh, representations behind Frank, mm-hmm. and it was deep. So if people are watching the video version of the show, Frank is really the guy underneath the bunny rabbit in the background there, right? Yes. So you see this bunny rabbit throughout the movie kind of in Donnie Darko's hallucinations throughout the film, kind of alluding to what's to come later in the movie, like the end of the world, right? Yes. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But Yeah, um, yeah I guess I got for other scenes kind of going on here, you're like, you're mentioning uh, burning down, uh, Donnie Darko burning down this house and flooding the school, kind of just doing all these things that, quote unquote, Frank is making him do, the bunny rabbit. And, uh, you know, Pat, Patrick Swayze's character has this big background that Donnie Darko unintentionally exposes when he burns down his, uh, his How, home. <laughs> do you remember, you remember the IMG scene? The, the IMG Infant scene. memory generator? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the CG effects they get in, in with that is, are pretty remarkable. <laughs> no, the infant memory generator. It's that, that, that their science project. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, does that, how does that play out for you? <laughs> It's just cool because it it it, it makes D- Gretchen actually fall more in love with Donnie because one of the bullies says, "Well, maybe they're going to show their their kids, you know, like really dark stuff and stuff like that. Maybe I'll show you know a picture of them stabbing their mother or something like that." And that's what happened with Gretchen's father and his mother. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, there's a lot of big pay payoffs to like Gretchen's background there towards the end kind of unintentionally there too it's uh it's pretty fascinating so 
I guess we kind of get to towards like the final act of the movie where the countdown starts to go to an end. It all comes to a a, a congratulation party that Donnie throws for his sister getting for accepted. Getting into Harvard, yeah. Yeah, getting into Harvard. Yeah. How how would you like how how things kind of come to a head there with the big uh they decide to leave the party, right? And go, you know, go to the cellar door basically. Yeah, like yeah, Donnie and, gets a vision to go over there. And well, he goes over there and Gretchen gets hit by a car and he shoots Frank in the in the eye because he's the one who's Frank is the yeah. one who was driving the car mm-hmm. therefore the manipulated dead the dead are manipulating the living basically mm-hmm. through through Frank and you find out because uh Donnie's sister had a star search interview with her her uh dance club Sparkle Motion mm-hmm. that the Jet engine fell off, went through a wormhole, and landed in Donnie's room on the day that Frank said that when when the world was going to end. Yeah, it's a lot to take in. Uh, yeah, sorry, we kind of had to spoil the movie. It's an old movie, so it's like twenty one years old, so it's old enough to drink. But uh, yeah, there's no there. It took me a few times to watch it to wrap my head around it. Was it like that for you, too? Because that's a lot to take in, what you just explained. It, it is a lot to take in. You have to see the movie, personally. Yeah. Anytime you involve time travel in a movie, it kind of involves a couple rewatches to kind of wrap your brain around, Well, right? you know what it kind of reminded me of, speaking of time travel movies, is the butterfly effect. Oh, yeah, that Ashton Kutcher, Amy Ashton Smart K- movie. Yeah, really good movie. That movie freaked me out, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I remember they had some really, like, all the various... Well, yeah, butterfly effects of the way scenes could play out by relieving it over and over and over. Yeah, that's a great. If you like, it's safe to say, if you like Donnie Darko, that's a good, good uh, secondary movie to watch, right? And then at the end, they're they're pulling Donnie out of his room on a on a stretcher, and they go, "Well, what happened? Well, a jet engine fell in his room. Did you know him?" And she's he's talking to Gretchen, and she goes, "No," and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, so yeah, Donnie essentially finds a way to time travel as the movie's building up to and kind of goes back in time to where the, he was supposed, where the engine originally crashed the house like several weeks earlier, uh, about a month earlier. And instead of being gone, he kind of goes into his room and sacrifices himself so he could uh, save the life of, uh, of Gretchen. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, you know, that's um, a line from Gary Jewell's Mad World, but... Um, it's kind of funny because she says in one part, part of the movie, do you ever wish you could go back in time and, you know, make all those bad things not happen? And Yeah, yeah, there's, it's, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of foreshadowing between, and I picked up on a few of those things too, like early on where they kind of clue people into where they're going and like the way they do the foreshadowing in here is, uh, Richard Kelly did a tremendous job directing this movie. Yes, give him the, give him his flowers. Give him his flowers. Uh, yeah, he absolutely nailed it out of the park with this one. I, I absolutely loved how this all came together, and especially that closing scene where uh, Mad World plays, where they show all the shots, the slow pan shots of all, of all the, the cast, all the cast in this new timeline that Donnie created. So I thought that was a very powerful, poignant uh, way to close the movie, right? Yes, it was. At least it was for me. I absolutely loved it. Uh, um, now, I guess it's worth pointing out, a few years after this movie originally released, uh, this Estarco. movie... Um, well, before we get there, um, this 
it kind of did okay in the box office. It kind of broke even. It did a, had a four and a half million budget. After a while, when it was all said and done for its run in the theaters, it did seven and a half million. But this movie had a big word of mouth cult movie status. Like it, it kept coming back in theaters over the years for like special midnight screenings uh, for for several years later because of the word of mouth, and that kept adding to the gross box office. Well, maybe you'll see a portal. <laughs> yeah, and eventually the the movie studios they wanted. Uh, Richard Kelly to do a director's cut to kind of reissue the movie in theaters and on home video because it was taking the original movie was taking off on home video so much. So in 2004, they did a special limited theatrical run of the director's cut, and all it really did was add in about 20 minutes of deleted scenes that were already on the original DVD release, and it did some changes to the soundtrack, added some extra CG digital effects. Uh, though to tell you the truth, I did you see the director's cut? I was not a fan of it. I don't believe so. Um, like, there's some movies when you watch a director's cut where it's like, okay, I can see why the, why those scenes were deleted. It just seemed like a little too fluff, fluffy, stretching the movie well, out. Well, sometimes it, the the scenes just need to be put on the editing room floor. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they're not, it's not terrible. It's it's not it's not terrible. I just think it's a more tighter, uh, con- condensed watch at its original. <laughs> Yeah, at its original runtime. And the original runtime's not that long. It's like about an hour, 45-minute movie. Yeah. So it's not too long. Um, uh, it's streaming on HBO Max, so if you want to watch it that way, that's where you can watch it on if you have that subscription. Uh, Let's just mention S. Darko before we go, Yeah. Too. So, yeah, S. Darko was the straight-to-video sequel in 2009. Jake Gyllenhaal is not in it, but the same actress that plays his younger sister, Samantha, uh, Davy Chase, she reprises her role like several years later. It's her coming of age story, right? Yep. And uh, how did you like this one? I've never seen it. So I did see it. Uh, it kind of had one of those uh, under the radar re- releases. I was kind of keeping up with new releases at a lot at the time. I was like, "Whoa, why is this straight to video?" And yeah, yeah, that's unfortunately the treatment it got. It it did not do that well. It's pretty much her coming of age story where she's. On this road trip with her best friend, they get stuck, stranded on the road, and all of a sudden she starts to have the same end-of-the-world time travel hallucinations that Donnie has for no apparent reason. Neurosis is genetic. I guess, yeah. But, I mean, it's not alluded that she has those uh, abilities in the in the original movie. So it's, it came off to me as a cash grab, and, of course, not having Jake Gyllenhaal or none of the other cast members reprise a role just felt very just, it just didn't do it for me. Can and I say I, something really quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go, that reminds me of the line from Spaceballs. When are we going to meet again, Yogurt? Yeah. In Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. But yeah, hard avoid to the director's cut and an even harder avoid to S. Darko. Um, but yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, for Donnie Darko anyways, the critic rating was 87%, audience rating 80%. S. Darko... <laughs> 13% critic rating, 18% audience rating. So yeah, as you can see, yeah, definitely do not do not ch- easy easy uh, skip on S Darko, but easy recommend for Donnie Darko, right? I would recommend it, yes. Yeah, so Well, we got to get going. Yeah, we got to wrap things up here. Uh quick shout out to other GFBS shows from earlier in the week. Make sure to check out the GFBS interview with uh the Arts for Vets. They they were uh, in the studio earlier in the week interviewing the curator uh Kim Kimberly uh Fornis Wilson. So, yes. get to hear all about Arts for Vets. Can't go wrong with that. No, I I promote I promote it. 
Yep, yep. And uh, Wingo Sprint drivers Steve Nordrum and Corey Palmer guests on the latest Dirty Thursday. And finally, finally, earlier today, we finally had a chance to play the PlayStation 5 on the Midwest Super Pixel Pro, so you do not want to miss that in action. And want to find a way to help support GFBS, make sure to leave us a five-star review on Google. And uh, so, yeah, before we wrap up with a preview for next week's show, we've got a quick word from our friends from Executive Properties. There it is. Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. All right, Icky, what are we covering next week? Uh, what are we covering next week? It's a mystery. mystery or an movie. enigma. Or Mr. Edward Enigma. So have a nice week, Grand Forks. Stay weird. <laughs>